Listen, do you want to know how you can get on our private exclusive forum? Tell me, Sal. For free? Tell me. It's not top secret, but it is private. It's private and uh, you We can don't do- show privates on there, but it's private. No. Ooh, yeah, we, we pull those down. Our private forum has trainers, physique competitors, bodybuilders, bikini competitors, gorgeous uh, doctors. People. Lots of gorgeous uh, people. We have, you know, me, Adam, and Justin are on there. It's a community where you can ask questions about your exercise technique, form, nutrition. You can vent about your, some of your struggles and frustrations. Mm. You can post your before and afters. Uh, it's a it's an incredible community. It is uh, tons of great information. You can get free access to it by going to mindpumpmedia.com and enrolling in our two one of our two most popular exercise bundles. We have the RGB bundle, which includes Maps Anabolic, Maps Performance, and Maps Aesthetic. Nine months of exercise programming, or you can go to the next level and get the Maps Super Bundle, which also includes. Maps Prime, Prime, which teaches you how to prime your workouts properly. There's a self-assessment tool in there. Revolutionary. Very valuable. And Maps Anywhere, which is our no-equipment-required workout program. So if you travel, you want to work out at home, or what a lot of our users have been doing is they use Maps Anywhere to bridge between uh, programs like Maps Anabolic and Maps Performance or between Performance or and Aesthetic. Deload. Yeah. Or Deload. Uh, enroll in one of those bundles. You get access to the forum for free, and it's for free forever. That's it. For life. By the way, the price of that will be going up next month, and in a very short period of time, it will no longer be a pay one time, get free access, get access forever. It'll be a pay annual type of thing. So this is a great deal. You want to get on it, in on it now, go to mindpumpmedia.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Doug, are we officially Camping. on yet? We're officially on. Okay, because I want to do a formal apology. Why? Apology? Um, yeah, I want to. I want to. Uh, you finally realize is this? This might be it, Justin. This is this is the moment. Uh, this is the moment he realized what a dickhead he is. All right, go ahead. This is we've the been moment. Well, you, we've like, been waiting. We've been waiting. You're gonna, you're gonna ruin the apology, for. dude. It is actually so. What? I I want to I want to formally apologize to to my my teammates that oh. um, I'm so blessed and lucky. To be with and be a part of, and I know that this last like couple week, man, I've been sick. I'm still getting better right now. I haven't been on my workouts as uh, consistently as I normally am, so uh, that always affects my mood. So I've been kind of a pill to be around lately. Oh, come on! And I, I 100% know that and own that, and uh, want to apologize and just tell you that I'm fully aware of it. And uh, a lot of times, I let a lot of the stuff going on with our business and stuff stress me out and put, apply that pressure a lot. But I could not be. Uh, any luckier to be in the position. And I was just, what made me think about this, I was sharing this with Katrina last night, is we just recently uh, interviewed uh, Tom Bilyeu and man, we ended up being like one of my favorite, uh, you know, podcasts that we've done yet. And I'm listening to him talk and I'm, uh, he's sharing a lot of uh, st- stories and things that are uh, from, you could tell from a lot of people that we've interviewed or we knew too. And I was just thinking of like uh, all this collective knowledge that he has from all these great minds that he's been around and that he's talked to and interviewed and listening to him share that. I thought, man, this is so cool. And I'm so blessed to be in a situation like this where not only am I surrounded around intelligent men, but then we have this opportunity to always be interviewing these brilliant minds and just absorbing this information at such a rapid rate. Like when we meet these guys, these are people that some people may go their whole life and never meet 
and you know or maybe you meet someone at that level once every five to ten years you know what i'm saying and we're we're like pa- we're packing them in a week you know we yeah, got, we're meeting the masters now yeah i mean we just i mean the last four people we were hanging out in the last 14 days are just on another level of brilliance and intelligence and all levels too not it's just surreal isn't it yeah not yeah. just yeah and it's, it's a and, cool job i'm not gonna lie and, and and it really made me uh step step out a little bit and go like you know uh, take a deep breath and be just so mindful and happy and present. And, you know, and I know I have a hard time doing that. Of course, it doesn't help when I'm sick and all this stress and other stuff's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm not immune to those things. And, you know, I, I can't be happier to be doing what we're doing. And it's, it's really exciting. Uh, you know, we, we worked really hard to start to make this uh, to make this all happen and to see it unfolding now and the impact that we're making in the industry and the the people that we're being able to share with our audience, you know, is uh, this is what we really did this for, you know. So I thank you guys for being patient and I, I love you to death. And uh, I just wanted to formally apologize to you guys for what a hard ass I've been probably to deal with for the last month or so. I haven't even noticed. It's in your head. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I appreciate I mean, that, but it really, like, you haven't even come across like that. Yeah, we have, you know. A little grumpy, we ha- but, yeah. you know. We have the kind of relationship where we could be like that towards each other, and it's yeah. all good. It doesn't I know go, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it doesn't we all go beyond go that. through those spells. No, yeah. it doesn't go beyond that. I mean, you know, uh, me and Adam will argue all the time, and at the at literally that same day, we'll text each other and be like, "That was pretty awesome." <laughs> I love you, man. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. fuck you. I love yeah. you, man. It's I mean, ridiculous. It's all right, dude. That's that's what it's all about. If you can't have, if you don't have that kind of passion to have that back and forth, or have that kind of passion to feel something for what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have that, you might not be doing the right thing. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, and you know what, though? You do make a good point. There, there will be a day when we're going to reminisce on these days, when we're going to look back and be like, man, those were the good old days, you know? Absolutely. And it's hard. It's uh, it's hard to do that when you're in it because you just want to think, you know, keep thinking forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I mean by that. I, I mean, I and I think it's important, and, and I appreciate you guys, you know, let me off the hook a little bit, but I also think it's important that, and I just think this in, in all relationships and in life and all people should, you know, uh, take heed to this is that when 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 you are that that way it's important that you uh say that and express that you know how many times you know when you were probably younger i mean you guys are much much wiser men now but did you you know act a certain way that is is not the way you want to portray who you are and your character and um and then you thought about it afterwards and then you never said anything yeah, you, you never acknowledged it yeah you never yeah. you never know and you you allowed that those people or that person to uh, receive that part of you, and and a lot of that is not the it's the humbling part. It's not easy to say, "Hey, I'm wrong," or "I wasn't right in this situation," or "I was a dick," or "I should have been this way." We just like to like brush it brush it under the rug and just continue going on. When I think there's uh, there's something to be said about doing that and the type of person and character that you are for those that are willing to admit that I'm wrong, I made a mistake, I could have been better here, I wasn't you know I wasn't good, I wasn't a good man, I wasn't a good person, I wasn't a good boyfriend, like. You know, how many people have gone back and told a person or ran into a person that you had a relationship with 10 years ago and when you saw them uh, had the balls to say that, you know, wh- who you what you were at that age and what how you could have been a better person and how, how good of a person they, they were. You know, I think those are important things to do. So. Dude, I'll never forget. You just I, I, this was probably, God, maybe five years ago. So I'm still in my 30s. I went to the grocery store by my parents' house. And I ru- and I see there was a guy that I went to school with who was uh, he was kind of like the leader of like the one of the main major <coughs> main gangs in my junior high, 
And I had a lot of trouble uh, with these people. I got jumped by them, and I got in a fight with one of them, and it was just a fucking stressful. I've told you guys a story. Stressful situation where the main dude, the main leader guy, uh, I just, you know, he was. I ran into him. And now this is years and years and years later. Mm. And he walks all the way over to me. Now what's going through my mind is I finally, I'm going to punch him in his face, finally. Like, I'm going to hit him. Because uh, he was a dickhead back then, and I've been envisioning this moment mm. this entire time. Like I'm going to run to him as an adult and surprise him with uh, a punch in the face. <laughs> and uh, it, I mean, could Which, you imagine that? Well, and like imagine the payback. You know, you're 37 years old. You're a father uh, now. Yeah. So you probably don't even remember me, and I just hit you, and you're just like, I, "That's what I wanted. I wanted him to be like, wow, why did he? Why who is that guy? Just, he just randomly hit me, and like and now you get, walked away. You get to live yeah. with that. You know, thinking of that now for the rest of your life. Right. But anyway. Uh, he walked up to me. I didn't hit him because I, I wasn't going to really do that. And uh, he apologized to me. Yeah. He actually apologized to me. He's like, hey, man. it's Crazy. Funny. He's like, I was a fucking dick in junior high. And I was like, yeah, you were. And he's like, I just wanted to apologize about that. I'm like, well, you know, it's all good. You know, what's done is done. He's like, well, now I'm a, I'm a pastor now. I guess he became a pastor and it was a big mm. deal. Wow. But, and he looks like a total dad now. This guy was yeah. like, a, like a hardcore thug back then. Well, we're different people. You know, like it when you look back at who you were when you were in your 20s, who you were when you were 18 or below. It's just I was a completely different person. And to hold me to that person, um, I mean, that's an injustice. So to do that to anybody else, too, is it's unfortunate that you would carry that same thought about somebody, you know, that long. But it's like that's the most impressionable time where you're just like, oh, my God, like you remember it so vividly. You know the horrendous shit, like because I've I've run into people the same kind of experience. Really? Yeah, were you apologize to them? <clears throat> I've apologized. I've apologized <laughs> to somebody. Before. Yeah, no absolutely. Way. Yeah, especially like uh, I don't know if I told it on the podcast. I think I might have told about the acorn throwing incident. That I- no, <laughs> no. Now you got to share, bro. God damn it. <laughs> It's just like turning into a confessional today. Yeah. Oh man, me and my best friend was a girl like. So I grew up with this girl and, you know, we were, I mean, it it was funny because we were like, she was kind of a tomboy. And so she was just open to do whatever I wanted to do. And, um, I, I had bully tendencies. And so I, one, one day, like it was real competitive kind of going towards the bus stop and, so there's this passing. Um, what do you mean? Like like race to the bus stop? Yeah, like we'd all oh. race. We wanted to be first. For some reason, I don't know how it even started, but it just became a thing mm-hmm. where like everybody would look at each other and then be like, oh, no, I'm getting it. And then we'd all kind of race. And uh, there was this kind of crossing kind of intersection where it was like, you know, if you saw somebody, you had to really sprint to get in front of them right before the end. And uh, so... I thought it'd be funny to, uh, and this is like where all these acorn trees are. I thought it'd be funny to just grab a bunch of acorns and just pelt whoever was in my way, so I'd get there first, you know. And so <laughs> I convinced my, my one of my best friends. How old girl, are you? Here? God, I don't know. Maybe like six or seven. Okay. Seven. Oh, so you're a little guy. I was just little, yeah. And uh, so I totally just like picked up this handful and pelted this poor girl in the, in the face. Oh my God. And she cried. And then I, you know, I bolted and I'm like, yeah. And like, and I never apologized to her. And she, I saw her crying and everything. And I never oh. apologized. Anyways, it's just been this guilt, you know, and it's like such a small thing, like your kids and all that stuff. But I, I ran into her like later on in, in life and 
uh, uh, Corey. So I apologize, Corey, again here uh, <laughs> publicly. <laughs> but I was just like, I was like, I'm so embarrassed. You know, that's so outside my character. But at the same time, like, I, you know, I was getting bullied and I was also bullying kids. Like, it's, it's just, it was part of the growing up thing for me. Like, you know, oh. like I was getting punked on, I was getting shit thrown at me. And so like, that was my, I was like kind of <laughs> retaliating, you know, somehow. And I wasn't even thinking Dude, about kids it. Kids can be so mean, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what though. Um, I'm sure I'm going to piss some people off, but like, I got I have a, a son and a daughter and they bully differently. Boys and girls are very different with how they oh, bully. Oh, for sure. And girls I don't, can be mean. Dude. I, don't, I was going to say, dude. Girls are like little, they do little brain ninja shit. Oh, dude. I don't know if I want to be, I think I'd rather be bullied as a boy. Oh, I would, because boys do uh, stupid well, like, names. Like what Justin names did. that like, don't even throw make throw sense. You, you, throw an, yeah, you do an insult yeah. that doesn't even like make burn sense. Burn your hair or something. A girl says some shit to you that you, like, she's just like, huh. Your, your nose is ugly. Yeah, and, and it then, really is. And then you're like, yeah, right? And you're already insecure oh, about no. your nose. And then you like, go in your your room and you look at your nose and you're just like, oh, she just man. she could ruin you for like the next 10 years. Like a guy is going to say some stupid shit, you know? Well, more than that, even what they do is they gang, like what girls do, little girls. I see this with my daughter. My daughter's in first grade. They'll, they'll band together and uh, ostracize another little girl. So it's like, if I want to fuck with you... Then what I do is I go, I go make my my team. I go game, make my you know my alliance, and I go talk to all these little girls and say, I'm not going to play with so and so. You shouldn't play with her too. Okay, let's not all play with her. And they get this. Alliance. Have you seen that happen with the, your daughter's friends and stuff, bro? That's what they do. Oh wow, yeah. this is what they do. As have, a, have, as you, a, have, have you had to put her together because that's happened to her, or well, that she I mean, was a part of it and she did like, it to somebody? Like, how do you deal with that? Like, if it's like a, my son and like a boy, oh, you know, so and so punched me in the face. I'm like, we'll punch him back. You know, <laughs> what do I say to my daughter? Like, this is what you do. You go in there and you fucking start hitting them all. Like, you can't do that because that'll backfire. Yeah. So you got to like get like smart. Like, okay, well, uh, go up to this girl and say that. And like, what do you do with that? Tell their moms. And it's really. Uh, God, man, it's sad. It's hard. You know, my daughter come in, my daughter came home and she's like sad. And I'm like, what's the matter, honey? And she's like, so-and-so said, you know, that she wasn't going to play with me. And she told this, this girl and that girl not to play with me. So now none of them are playing with me. And I'm like, do I have to go like, I, I guess they're too young to go beat up. I can't, what am I supposed to do? I can't do anything. You want to go in there and tornado the whole school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Tell the kids like, but you can't do anything. So it's a very... Uh, <laughs> it's a, Kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah, I mean that's childhood. Like I just, I don't know. I kind of. It's hard though, man. It's when it's hard your kid, to, oh, oh my god, it's it's brutal. It's brutal, and especially when they're getting left out of uh, events or they're not getting invited to birthday parties, and you're just like, why? And like I go to drop my kid off, and like he like he's not as 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 developed yet as far as his strength to shoot a basketball high <laughs> enough, so he avoids it, you know. And I'm I'm working on it with him, but it's just like it's heartbreaking, you know, because like <laughs> I, I used to just go right in and play, you know, and I, that was my strength, and like that's not his strength, and so you know to watch him like dude the figure out how to go to the library, he's like going to the library, hanging out with kids, and then he's going over here, and he's like. He's not hanging out with the cool jock you, kids. You, you just know? wait till your kid like tells you what they like. You know what they start to realize. Like your kid will come up to him and be like, "Yeah, I don't think I want to play that because I'm not strong enough or something like that." And you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, my yeah. kid knows. <laughs> he knows he sucks. <laughs> he knows he sucks. You know I mean? Oh god! But at some point, at some point, you're gonna realize that you know, you, as a kid, you grow up and you realize, oh shit, like. I'm not as tall as this kid, or I'm not as you know. You're gonna realize this. You yeah, gotta deal with it. It's like reality. It's life, kid. Yeah. 
It's that, life. It's, that has to make but you guys. I love watching them work at it. But though. exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, tough. God, it, it pumps me up. It's Seeing tough. all those little things and the way it affects your kids, it has to make you guys more mindful about what you say and what comes out of your mouth and the way you leave impact oh, on people 100%. right now. Like I, I mean, I don't even have kids, and I feel like that's something that I'm always working on. I remember. I remember uh, well, and I'll be honest, like the anger factor, right? Yep. Like you yep. just cannot let yourself lose your cool. Yep. Yeah. You can't do it. Like it, it's that's not how, you, like it's not going to promote anything going forward that's successful. Well, and then you hear stories like when we interviewed Lane. And he talks about the bullying that he went through as a kid. Oh, and you can and see it how obviously a, you, shaped him. Well, yeah, you can see it's affect him as a grown man. It, it shaped him, and what we need to, you know, what people don't realize, not to make everybody like, if you're a parent right now, I'm just going to make you feel a lot worse. But when you're a child, you're 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 kind of creating these hard wires in your brain, and they're shaped by your experience as a child. And so this is why it's so hard to get over shit that happened to you as a kid. Like, you could be an adult, you could be in a totally secure relationship, you could have plenty of money, you could have a nice home and a nice job, but you're still affected by the fact that you grew up unstable, a poor, whatever, because your brain was shaped mm-hmm. by those experiences. And so knowing that makes it even more, like, stressful. Like, what, like you know, so I guess we, the best thing you could do is you can't, you can't protect them, right? You can't wrap them up in bubble wrap no. and have them have this perfect you life. Wish you and would you really want them to anyway, right? No. You want to just help them... <clears throat> learn how to deal with and process, you know, these types of things and, uh, you know, how to handle yeah, it themselves. you work through it with them. You yeah, know? and how to handle themselves. And so, God, man, it's... <laughs> it's not easy, man. Dude, if yeah. you if you ever, like, if you ever want to relive the most difficult moments of your childhood, all you got to do is have kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, then you get to relive the awesome stuff, like going to Disneyland with your daughter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. It's like, a, it brings all new meaning to the experience. You yeah, know? So holidays that's, change. That's really cool. You yeah. know, so it's like we always highlight, other, I think there's a lot to be said that's like, it, it, it's sort of a, it, it takes on its own little magic mm-hmm. where you get back into childlike you know things and you get to experience it again the best so. thing with my like my son right he's, he's 11 now so he's getting the age now where you're kind of you gotta you want to kind of be cool like you're getting a little bit you know you're, you understand a little bit what it means to kind of be cool and you're not a little kid right he's going to start getting into teenage years and i'm a very affectionate person i grew up in a very affectionate family and uh so i'll drop him off at school and I'll and he'll see him. He'll take off like he's gonna he just walk away. Like he's gonna go. To yeah, he doesn't want to hug and kiss, like, oh, his, kiss no. his dad goodbye. No. So I'll grab him. <laughs> oh, you dick! Hell yeah! Oh, I'll, you're a dick. Oh yeah! I'll grab him by his backpack. I'll grab him by the back of his backpack, and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll be like, I'm gonna give you a kiss on the face, and you, you can tell he's kind of embarrassed. I'm like, and I'll tell him, say, you never be embarrassed yeah. by your father kissing you on the face. I said, one day you'll remember this, and it's true. You know, you think about this one day. Yep. And so I'll give him a kiss. But anyway, I did this the other day. I dropped him off, and. And he was kind of like trying to pull away from me, so I did it like fifteen times in a row. <laughs> right, so he walks away. Like, so he ew. so he walks away, and I'm and, and I thought about him like, oh man, I wonder if I should have not done that. Like, what if he's gonna get embarrassed? <laughs> right? Embarrassing him, yeah. So then I pick him up from school afterwards, oh, and I was still kind of thinking about it, but I wasn't gonna bring it up, you know, because what am I gonna say? So we're walking back to the car, and then one of his buddies yeah. is in front of us with his uh, dad. And one of his buddies, you can hear him because he's he's right in front of us. And he goes, Dad, he goes, look back. He goes, Domenico's dad is so strong. Like, look at him. And you can see the dad look back and the boy look back. And then my son, like, walks over to me and, like, holds my hand. (laughs) All proud. And I'm I'm like, yeah, like, that guy's dad feels inadequate. (laughs) (laughs) Probably doesn't even kiss him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Daddy, why don't you have muscles like that guy? Oh shit! <laughs> oh god! That's Boom! Silly. Working out. Daddy Bird, come save us. 
being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. All right, first up is Sarah Beekso. Does fluctuating keto, non-keto produce any negative physiological effects that you've read or seen? And there's a second part to this question. Can you speak to wanting to be a positive health influence when there is so much bullshit out there? Okay, so that's like two parts there. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing with keto. We've talked about keto quite a few times now. One thing you have to understand is humans tend to thrive on relative variety when it comes to food. So, and there's lots of evidence to back this up. You're more likely to develop a food intolerance if you eat it over and over and over and over again. In fact, that's one of the one of the things that will probably cause an intolerance to something is that you just constantly eat it uh, all the time. Uh, for example, most of the, if you go to like a place like Japan, they have a very high instance of rice uh, allergy and intolerance. And rice is one of those things that people aren't usually allergic to or have an intolerance for. In fact, if, you have an, if you're one of those people that tends to react strongly to food in America, rice is one of the things that they might recommend. Um, and, but that's, you know, obviously in Japan, they eat a lot of it. Um, so variety is very, very important to your nutrition. Keto, getting into ketosis has got some neuroprotective benefits and it's got some documented benefits for autoimmune diseases, uh, cognitive benefits. There's some studies showing that running off of ketones uh, benefits people with uh, you know, things like dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, some people just feel a lot better eating ketogenic. That being said, well, physio- I don't think... There's more physiological things that I've seen and that we... Re- I mean, I probably most common I get when I switch someone to that, I get people telling me... Uh, their satiety, like they don't oh, have yeah, cravings. You, yeah. So they, they all of a sudden they're, they're surprised that man, Adam, I used to, I couldn't have like a bag of chips on my counter and I not demolish it. Or I couldn't, you know, have a bag of candy somewhere in my house and not demolish it. And they're, they're really floor or they couldn't go four or five hours mm-hmm. without eating for, without or craving or wanting something. And so satiety, you know, so those, those are things that are probably the most common. That There's I, definitely some benefits from it, but I, I think if you stay on keto too long, now there are studies, long-term, relatively long-term <laughs> studies, I think they're like three, four, five-year studies on uh, people who were keto for a long period of time. And these were uh, medical ketogenic diets. So mm-hmm. these are studies on children who used it to treat their epileptic Epilepsy. seizures. Mm-hmm. And so they'd stay on ketogenics for like five, uh, ketogenic diet for like five years. And they found no negative, you know, no major negative anything. It's perfectly healthy. Everything was fine. However, anecdotally speaking, I can tell you if you're strict keto all the time. You're probably not uh, getting all the optimal nutrients for your body. You might not because a lot of things are cutting out. And you may start to notice some negatives. Like you may start to notice some reductions in, in performance. It could affect your endocrine system, your thyroid. It's not really a good thing if you're hypothyroid. You got to be careful. Um, you got to look at, yeah, it, it might affect women negatively because a, a woman, women's bodies tend to be very sensitive to any signs of starvation. So keto, uh, although you are getting adequate calories can, mm. uh, simulate the, some of the starvation responses in the body because, uh, you're, you're switching over to a, a system in the body that was designed to run off of no food. 
So there's some of those things you got to watch out for. And personally speaking, I'm going to speak yeah. for myself now. I eat a usually ketogenic diet because it just works great for me. It works great with my autoimmune issues. It works great with my gut. I feel great mentally from it. Uh, reduced inflammation. I have uh, you know lots of food intolerances that with grains. However, if I stay keto strict for too long consistently, I do notice that it's I, I lose too much weight. It's harder for my performance in terms of strength will start to decline hmm. in the gym. And I just, I'll start to look and feel a little gaunt. Mm -hmm. And so what I do now is I will, will throw in some carbohydrates here and there. So I don't know. So five what, years was the longest study that you've that, that I'm aware of yeah. that I'm aware of. Cause that's, I mean, that's real, that's nothing, you know, it's, it's a really base off of like, I mean, it, it, it it feels like no. It's a great point if you're somebody because here's the thing too. You could easily I think be maybe missing ten years would be late. But I know there's no like lifelong. I mean, there's also things that are very tough, like getting fiber and digestive enzymes and things like that. That you know people don't really account and think about that and the buildup of that over weeks and months and years yeah. of missing those targets consistently, and you you start to alter uh, your body and you see you see well, and it's feel like those you changes said, with the patterns. Like if you, if you're constantly doing the same thing, it usually takes like I mean it's got to take longer than five years to really establish like any sort of detrimental effects even if you're like really carb loaded you know to really notice like specifically now this is contributing to this and and you know my body's reacting differently now uh whereas i need to kind of change and rotate we're oh we're usually on the side of trying to be ahead of that right be preventative mm -hmm. as far as like uh rotating things and making sure that um you know we're exposing the body to other nutrients and uh, you know, we're not establishing this this pattern where we're going to hit that wall. Where now, all of a sudden, now it's going to have the decline effect. So. That's right. And the, and the, I mean, you know, we always we talk about evolution a lot. Yeah. Humans evolved eating whatever they could, and so they ate. They followed the seasons. They did not. For most of human civilization, we didn't live in the same place all the time. We we were we moved. We constantly moved to where the food was. So that could mean we're near a place where we could get fish. It could be hunting. You know, different kinds of meats. It could be berries, it could be roots, it could be, you know, uh, certain types of starches, it could be uh, vegetables. You know, they just <clears throat> did this huge study on Neanderthal remains, and the, the ones that they found showed that these Neanderthals, first of all, very fascinating, kind of off-subject, but they discovered that the Neanderthals probably had a very good understanding of plant medicine and were, were using natural antibiotics hmm. and natural painkillers. So trip off that, because we always consider thinking Neanderthals as being these stupid cavemen. They were probably much more intelligent than we think, if not at par with uh, well, with at, le at least I mean, let's uh, survival, right? I mean, that's built in all of us. It's mm -hmm. one thing that we can say. I mean, that you come out that way, no matter how how high your IQ is, yeah. you have this desire to survive. You got to think back then. There was probably a lot of people dying off the common cold and things like that. So you were probably searching for. Scouring the earth for whatever well, you could try well, and, and what they found, trial by air, you know. Oh, Jane died, but let's Susie try this. Died, on yeah, let's right. stay away from this plan. And what yeah. they yeah. found, what they found though, with these Neanderthals, this is just new. I just read this uh, two days ago that the Neanderthals that they, they the uh, the fossils that they found or whatever uh, were vegetarian. They didn't have any uh, signs of eating any meat whatsoever. Hmm. Um, and I know is that from the d uh, dental records. Yeah, or? yeah. There's a couple other tests they did, but. I know, and I know, I've been doing this long enough. I've had clients that, and I've monitored them and worked with them, and we've tried different things. They just feel and operate much better on all levels eating a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet. And then there's other people I've worked with that eat, you know, more of a paleo or keto type diet. And the individual variances with food can be pretty dramatic, but I'll tell you this much. 
whatever you find that works great for you, that's awesome. Uh, but variation is going to be good too sometimes. Like for me, like I said, for the most part, I eat keto-ish, but not always. Well, I don't Do you guys have anybody, everybody that I've taught keto? Like, so I've had many clients that I've had them go through a keto diet because I want them to feel it. And I want them to connect certain dots of when we start to eliminate certain it's foods. It's a great awareness tool, isn't it? So, yeah. and But no one I've kept on it. I, I don't have any clients. I don't have anybody that I actually have taught keto and they're like, oh, I'm forever, never not, mm-hmm. not being keto. They What it was, was when we went through it, I show them, you know, and now they start to realize, whoa, these carbs... Yeah. We're making me feel it's this way. It's eye-opening. It is. Yeah. And and they don't they didn't realize that, which is also what kind of... We had somebody recently... Dude, intermittent fasting was the same. Yeah. You know, it had the same experience where it was just eye-opening in that, like, the rituals of eating. You know, you interrupt that process and it doesn't trip you up. It, does, it doesn't slow... Like, it doesn't mess up your gains. You know, it it actually... You start to feel, like, improvements energy-wise. and all, it, Like, it's counter to what you would think. But you really have to go through the whole process and experience it. And now you look at it as like, oh, this is this is another tool that I can kind of pull from, you know, going forward. This is was valid. This is why I get really annoyed too when we get people that I know that like they drop into like one or two episodes and they hear us talking about the benefits of keto or high fat diets or or maybe it's an episode where we're talking about you know, uh, carbs and how uh, all the studies that are coming out now and, and how they affect the body, the brain and, you know, and we, and they think we're demonizing carbohydrates and yeah. making them like, Oh no, it's not that at all. It's, I mean, we're I'll, I'll tell you right now, there's benefits to all these things, but it's most people, you know, most people don't know what it's like to eat a diet that's really high in fat, you know, and and extremely low or no carb. I mean, that's just not in the modern times. No, no, it's not. It's just not the average. So when we do these podcasts, we're speaking to the majority and we're trying to help the majority out and share with you like listen, what we've gone through personally, what we've mm-hmm. taken thousands of clients through and their their responses. And like Sal's saying, you know, somebody might respond incredible by eating vegan, I still would tell that same person who's eating that way that to make them to watch out for the pitfalls of falling into that dogma also of, oh, just because you feel amazing from it, that now you're never going to eat yeah. meat again. And like, or did you, meat. yeah, did you go in like uh, without with, like skipping over the step of just eating a ton of vegetables first? Mm-hmm. That's you a know? great point. Like, why, like, you, like, I don't know, like, like we, we get pulled into camps and tribes. Because of, you know, what's at the basis and the root of what is the benefit of it? Mm-hmm. And what's the benefit of, of veganism, like, for the most part? It's eating more vegetables. Yeah, and yeah. you got to look at, here's another thing you want to consider with carbohydrates. A lot of times when people dramatically re- reduce their carbohydrates and they feel amazing, it might be because they reduce the carbohydrates or it might be that a lot of the junk that they ate was carbohydrate in carbohydrate form. Right. And mm-hmm. you got to consider that... Mm-hmm carbohydrates tend to be there there's many 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 more products that are highly processed and put in boxes that are carbohydrate based than fat and protein based there's just a lot more like if i tell someone go eat more proteins and fats they tend to go eat more meats and things that are kind of closer to natural form if i tell someone go eat more carbohydrates you see people eating box cereals and breads and pastas and things that tend to be more processed especially if all they're doing is counting macronutrients and not looking at you know, the quality of their food. So think about that for a second too. When the average American is on a high carb diet, that's crazy to think that a majority of those foods are more likely to be processed. Yeah. It's not like they're eating like, you know, these sprouted, 
you know, whole grain type things or rice, you know, maybe nice brown rice or white rice or quinoa or just potato. That's usually not the case. Mm-hmm. It's usually lots of breads, lots of pastas, lots of crackers, lots of, you know, these highly processed cereals yeah. and chips and candy right. and ice creams and bars. And I mean, that's what's really going down. Right. So, I mean, so which one's the one that made you feel better? Is it that you reduced your carbohydrates or is it that you just eliminated the shit? Because what if we took, kept your diet the same? macro-wise and just took out the shit and replaced it with some of these other nutrient-dense kind of whole foods mm. and then see how you feel. Same thing with increasing your, the fat in, you know, uh, in your diet and increasing the protein or yep. doing all those things. You want to look at all the different kinds of factors that could be contributing to how good or bad you're feeling. Sometimes people just, they feel great, but it's just because they're eating less calories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to look yeah, at all yeah. these factors because they can all—they all contribute to They're how you're going to feel. Not oversaturated and bloated and you know sluggish. Exactly. Yeah. What was the second part to the question? Yeah, something I can't about, see it. about the uh, industry uh, assholes. What? No, uh, wanting <laughs> so, to be a positive health influence when there's so much bullshit oh. out there. Oh, oh there was assholes. Well, there. you know, if you want to be a positive influence, the best thing you can do, number one, is be very supportive of people's process. One of the biggest mistakes I made when I got into fitness was that I assumed uh, that everybody would be as passionate and as dedicated to fitness uh, as I was. So I'd get a client who'd come in, and I'd be like, here's what you need to do, do it, and then they wouldn't, and then I'd get mad and be like, well, you just obviously don't want to lose weight, or obviously you don't want to get in shape because I'm telling you what to do and you're not doing it, and all you have to do is tell you, you know, do exactly what I tell you. I, I, you know, I, I started to learn later on, I started to really appreciate how hard it was for people, how much they hated it, and I really took into account the psychology that goes behind uh, exercise and eating right, and the the psychology that and the connections that go to food, and mm-hmm. you know taking time aside for myself, and why I hate working out, and you know the maybe my past experiences. So number one, if you want to be a positive influence, is be compassionate and empathetic, and be supportive in that way. Uh, you know when you help people, not judge in a themselves. non in a non cheesy way. Yeah. Yeah, because you you say that, and then I feel like sometimes too you get these. Well, no, uh, you don't want to be condescending. Well, no, 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 I don't mean condescending. Like, oh, I don't mean know, condescending. It's okay. I mean you like somebody cake. hears that, and then and then what they do is they they post you know motivational quotes up every single day, or they it's oh, like yeah. this it's like this fake inspiration. It's not like here. Well, it's nothing if, tangible. Uh, it's usually just like ideas of like how to be inspired and like you know like let's let's create something for you to. Uh, think about and, and set goals and, and and try to try to better yourself. Well, I'll give you an example. I had a client who right now he you know we're working together and I'm having him go through a keto portion because we're trying to again figure out how his body responds and how he feels so we can uh, you know eventually tailor it uh, more to his body. And he was doing really well like five days in, and I get his you know because he sends me messages and shows me what he ate and he's like oh man he goes I fucked up. He goes, you know, I, I, I got this award at work uh, because I did a really good performance and my coworkers took me out. And it's so hard to turn down and, and say no to them when they're taking me out. So we went out and I had two drinks and I had a piece of cake. And I'm such an idiot. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm such an asshole. This is why I never... He was really beating himself up. Yeah. And my response to him was like, hey, congratulations on your award. Like, you deserved it. Good job. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, what? And I said, listen, stop judging yourself. I said, you don't win an award like this or whatever every single day. It's okay. There's more to food than it being good for you in terms of what's in the food. Sometimes it's just about celebrating. Mm. And the food nourishes you differently. I said, don't judge yourself. Don't hate yourself. It's okay. Now tomorrow, today, you didn't win the award or whatever. We get back on track and it's not a big deal. Well, I, I like to connect for people like that also that 
it what's okay about that is something else was actually more important than your physical goal. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's okay that, you know, receiving an award and celebrating it with your peers actually took a priority over your fucking your physique for a day. You know, just be mindful that however much damage you did that night could potentially just have set us back maybe a week or two. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a big deal either. But just you just being aware of that when you do make those decisions, that it, that means we do have a little bit more work that we have to do. It may take a little bit longer, which is totally okay, especially when you're doing something that be, that was more of a priority. And I think just making them aware of that, then then they then you allow them to start to decide what sacrifices they should make and shouldn't make. Mm-hmm. We could do this dance all day long where you wanted to lose five pounds and it took a year for us to do that because you had so many things that were more important than your aesthetics. That's okay. Yeah. If you're not that driven to lose the five pounds or get to that point and all the other things in your life are so much more rewarding to you, I'm okay with that. Even as a trainer, it's not my job to tell you what your goal is. My job, though, is to help you be aware of why those five pounds are probably really hard for you to get there. And that's because you have a lot of other things that you're making more of a priority than, than that's that. That's the biggest piece in, in the beginning. It, it's the awareness and it's it's you being able to highlight all these different like factors that are either going to contribute towards your goal or your fitness or, or becoming more healthy and what's going to detract you from that. And then having a real deep understanding of that is a process. So, uh, you know, just not, not damning the person and not like overly, you know, congratulating like certain things. Like, it's like, look, this is, this isn't like a, like, Oh, you did it. You're done. You know, th- this is a, this is a thing. This is a constant conversation that, uh, you know, like I, I feel like, just we have to keep talking about it because it's it's part of daily life and it's something that you can improve and then you can influence other people just by uh, your attitude and, and the way that you interact with people. And, you know, people are more likely to respond based off of like just, uh, you know, being influenced by somebody who's who's actively doing what they say. Yeah. Humanize yourself. Right. I yeah. mean, I think that's, you know, Sal was talking about the, the positive and this and that. And, and I was saying, don't be cheesy. And what I meant more by that was like. You know, uh, humanize yourself, share, share when you, when you do something that's a, a positive thing that you post on social media or a thing that you do. I mean, I love to try and direct it through things that, uh, that were, it was a growth process for me or one that I'm currently going through and sharing that. I think, yeah, I think doing that with people, because sometimes when you're a fitness leader, uh, clients tend to think you're superhuman. They think that, you know, to look like you, you must never make a, you know, you must never have any fun. You must never drink. You must never eat any bad food. You must live in the gym. You, must, you know, and they, they, they see uh, you as this, this, this goal that sure they kind of want, but then they really don't. So, you know, humanizing yourself and help, helping people see that, you know, it's not that it's not about this, this crazy hard discipline or sacrifice. It's more about understanding you and your body and what works for you and having true balance and understanding awareness and your goals. Brad Mashkey, 54. How can I wean myself off caffeine or lower my intake drastically? I feel like I'm addicted to pre-workout. Oh wow! Mm. You probably uh, are. Yeah, you probably are. The pre-workout teat. Caffeine uh, is is a, uh, a chemical that you will exhibit classic uh, addictive. It actually has classic addictive properties. So they go, you know, physiological ones at least. You you build up a tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, when you stop giving yourself caffeine, you have classic withdrawal symptoms, and then your body comes back to normal, and then 
the cycle tends to repeat. Here's here's the thing. One way is to go cold turkey, uh, which means that you'll get through the withdrawal period faster. So if you go cold turkey, expect the, five five to seven days. I think that's what they say. Uh, depends, man. Because well, it depends exactly a lot of these on how, pre- how bad you were. If you're yeah, up to like a thousand milligrams a day, it, it could well, take not a just bit that. A lot of these pre workouts have more than caffeine. A lot of them will have all kinds of other stimulants and stuff, and sometimes it could take a little longer. Yeah. Um, so good point. Just understand that when you stop taking it cold turkey, that the next week or so of workouts will suck. I don't ever recommend that. Do you? Yeah. I used to do this. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I would just I go rec- straight. Yeah, you know, and here's how I would. This is by the way. This is how I know when I need to, re- you know, eliminate or reduce caffeine is I get less and less of the benefits of it, and I start to notice more and more of the side effects. So hmm. benefits of caffeine that I notice are more, more focus, more energy, uplift in my mood. Uh, the negatives that I'll start to get with caffeine are shaky, jittery, anxiety, and irritability. Hmm. So when I notice that the good stuff starts to drop, and then I, need, I start to drink more of it, but then what ends up happening is I get more of the negatives, especially the irritability. I'll notice I'll get irritable. That's when I start to, to cut <coughs> it out. So... You can go cold turkey, or what I do is I just reduce my intake over the course of a week. So if I'm having, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm having, you know, ten ounces of coffee every single morning, then I'll go ten ounces uh, before my hardest workouts and five ounces before my easier workouts, and then I'll go five ounces before every workout, and then I'll go five ounces before my hardest workouts and none before my easiest workouts, and then I'll go none hmm. for a couple weeks. And then I'll introduce it. And by the way, when you reintroduce it, don't go back to your old dose because it's going to be really fucking strong. Yeah, Reintroduce <laughs> it at a lower dose, and you'll feel great. But I, I do this all the time. I cycle through this yeah, all the time. I fluctuate all the time, especially with coffee and like, just like you, but I'll do more like I'll, I'll definitely bring the levels down that I'm drinking I'll, you know, instead of like three, four cups a day. And yeah, because you drink crazy. a lot of coffee. I drink a lot, and I love it. You know what I mean? And it, it like I I don't really necessarily feel a lot of the negative benefit like uh it does, the detriments of it when you but I do tend to flirt with that and then I know I'm too high you know yeah. like I'm getting a headache or you know I, like it, it's just not working for me and so I'll, I'll back off but I don't necessarily go cold turkey what I'll do is I'll I'll ramp it down and then I'll, I'm, I'll switch you know the type of coffee that I'm drinking and, and then just kind of start over and it's a different blend. Some so. people get really nasty side effects like yeah. I, withdrawal. Excuse me, I don't get them. If I cut caffeine out, all I get is tired. Mm-hmm. I'm just sluggish or whatever. I'll Some get people a, get migraines. I, I, yeah, I don't get yeah. migraines, but I get uh, it's pretty gnarly if I go from uh, what I'm taking to absolutely nothing. I treat. Uh, my caffeine addiction the same way I, I treat my marijuana addiction same way so uh and very similar to what sal said is i'm measuring uh the effectiveness of both of them and and then the side effects and when they start to level out even i try and get it before it's adverse you know before like the headaches or the lack of sleep or lower performance or you know like if i notice myself having to, you know, double my dose. And that's kind of where I go. Like, so imagine like a, a, I used to be like one cup of coffee in the morning was all I needed and wanted. And that, that's fine. I could go off of that. And then you see yourself eventually ramp up, ramp up, ramp up. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're justifying yourself having 14 cups of coffee. And really, it's just not necessary to to do that to get the same. It is for you to get the same effects because you've allowed that tolerance to build up. 
And I think it's just, it's silly to do that because we, all you have to do is really discipline yourself to clean it out of your system for a couple of weeks and you'll, you'll get the effects of it being like the first time again. And that's both for cannabis and for- That's one of my favorite things. My One of my favorite things is to go off and then to reintroduce it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's great yeah. again. Yeah. The same thing, like you said, for cannabis. Oh, my old friend. Yeah. Same exact thing. What you, what you need to know that's happening is uh, when you're getting this, when you're ingesting whatever you're ingesting, whether it be caffeine or cannabis or whatever substance you're taking in, you, the way your brain develops a tolerance for it is whatever chemicals or, or you know neurotransmitters it promotes. So let's say you drink caffeine and you get a bunch of dopamine. Okay, there's other things that happen, but let's just talk about dopamine. You get a bunch of do- you get a dopamine release. Your brain will release less and less dopamine with the same dose. So that's number one. Number two, the receptors that this dopamine will attach to, uh, or the receptors that the caffeine or whatever drugs start to attach to, they start to shut off. Your 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 body will actually start to reduce its receptor availability so now you have less receptors less chemical out uh, you know output and that's why when you go off you get a withdrawal because now your baseline is so low this is why withdrawal on some some drugs is so bad that they they you have to go to a hospital for it for example if you're addicted to opiates withdrawal from opiates is supposed to be one of the worst experiences you could go through it's like the worst flu you've ever had in your entire life and it's just like that and because you have no more opiate receptors. You're not developing your own opiate, uh, you know, uh, uh, endogenous open opiates, and you're just in constant pain and feeling like shit um, until they start to, you know, come back up. So that's just so you understand what's happening to your body. Yeah, no, I, I think that's. I think for that reason, it's extremely important. And then, I mean, let's be even simpler. Like financially, just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you continue ramping, ramping up like that. Next thing you know, you look at your, you're like spending fifty dollars, you know, a day on fucking caffeine to keep you going and it's like that's just ridiculous when you could cut that in uh you know 500 percent and and still get that same effect just by simply disciplining yourself to wing to wing off and i i find it that rewarding also is is teaching yourself control like that like mm-hmm. you know how i've i've been lucky because i've 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 had people in my family i've been circled around people or i've had people in my circle that are uh, been addicted to different drugs and different things and i've seen what it's done to their life and take it over and you know so i really try not allow anything to be that way anything that i do that i find myself ramping up the dosage to get the same effect and i think caffeine and cannabis are two things that are really common with that and and i'll, and I'll tell you uh, be honest and share my numbers so for me and this i think everybody should it's to each their own right but i i've shared before that at nighttime is when i i use cannabis and i literally uh you know it only takes three puffs off of a joint and i like have what i what i want to feel i want that calming relaxation feeling and that's all it takes and i will allow myself to consistently have that every night until i notice myself starting to get to the point where i'll get to through like a half a joint i've never in my life sat down and smoked an entire joint ever ever i've never allowed myself to continue smoking so much that i feel like i need to sit down and smoke a whole joint just to feel the same effect that i feel from like one or two buffs right and the same thing goes for caffeine. You know, I did l- allow myself to get to a point where I was doing like four speed stacks a day. And that was like oh, two, 200-something milligrams. <laughs> that was me. I remember yeah. you in those yeah. days. And, you know, and I, that wasn't just caffeine. That was yeah, a no, and I was, a, I was a young, dumb was kid. An and didn't, I didn't know any better and stuff. And, 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 I, you know, and, and back then, I would use studies. Well, there's t- tons of studies that show the benefits of caffeine. Caffeine's yeah. good, good, good. And right? So, 
you know, but no, but being ad- addicted and dependent on anything is just, that's just silly. It, I shouldn't be that way. And I'm, I'm not getting the benefits of all the benefits of it. And I'm probably getting some adverse facts, especially if I'm taking it through this synthetic fucking fake drink with a thousand other things in it that we don't even know how to read. And make sure like, as you're going through this process, you start like reintroducing more water. Like that's one thing I know that really helps when I'm, when I'm moderating my caffeine intake is to really just focus more on, you know, hydration because a lot of times when I do get tired, it's because I'm dehydrated. Yeah. When I cut coffee, I actually, uh, cut it and then I replace with green tea. So I still get a little. I, I do the same exact thing. If it's, uh, I get a little bit of caffeine still, but I don't. I, it's not. A, and I think that's what keeps me from getting the headaches and like the crazy withdrawals from going from like 400 milligrams to nothing, just by having like because yeah, I think green tea is about 10 to 15 milligrams, uh, you know, in a, in a glass of you know hot or cold green tea. So I normally allow myself to have that and replace a coffee, and then eventually I'll try and go none whatsoever, and then it's pretty easy from there to be honest. Rusty West Side. I find back squats to mess with my hips and cause lower back pain even more than heavy deadlifts. But Zercher squats don't cause pain at all. Can I use Zercher to replace the back squats? I picked this question because mm. I Actually, think- before you go into this, I want to remind the listeners that we still have, we've had so many people sign up for the 30 days of coaching. Oh, yeah. It's free. 30 days of coaching at mindpumpmedia.com. Where we send you information every day on a different topic. And links to episodes where we talk about those topics in detail. I wanted to make sure I said that. No, I'm glad you, so many people signed. No, up. I'm glad you did, and it, I wanted to point out too. Like this is uh, we had this. Why we created this? We got so many people that were reaching out, going like, "Man, I'm trying to turn somebody on to Mind Pump, and I don't know where to start. I don't know what to give them. I don't know what episodes should they listen to." Like yeah. that's how we organize this. Yeah. So, not the Vajazzle episode. Yeah, let's that's, go thirty unfor- days. Of yeah, coaching. Un- unfortunately, it's not in the Vajazzle <laughs> episode. Is not in the thirty days of coaching. Well, depending on your friend, but yeah. But, you know, it is, it is organized uh, in, in a perfect way to introduce somebody to, to Mind Pump because it purely is just all the good information as far as health, wellness, and all the topics. And you can choose to go dive deeper into it and listen to the actual you, uh, uh, podcast episodes that are uh, pertaining to the topic of the day. And we try to, and we also, it's a working document for us. So uh, we plan to evolve it. We already have ideas for the 2.0 version on what we're going to add to it. Mm. And we're going to continue to get uh, feedback from people. And this is uh, going to be an awesome, awesome place for people to uh, start off if they've never heard Mind Pump. So to address this question specifically, I mean, it, this just screams to me like prime. Like, I yeah, you know, it's like let's let's all take a couple steps back. Like your your body's giving you signals, right? right? Right. You're feeling pains in your lower back. You're feeling pains doing like this is a foundational exercise. It's a fundamental movement. Fundamental movement, primal movement that you should be able to do without pain. That's a problem. And yeah. by the way, the reason why you can do a Zercher squat without pain and you and, and deadlifts without pain, a Zercher squat's more like a deadlift uh, mm-hmm. than, than a squat than a squat. So that's why you can do deadlifts great, and you can also do Zercher squats great. Is, I, a, is a Zercher a replacement for squat? No, it's different. Um, uh, it's a great accessory to the back. It's, squat a, it's not a sure. bad exercise. Yeah. It's just not a replacement. Yeah, you have some muscle imbalances. You have some recruitment pattern issues. If you address them and you take the time to address them and you don't worry about how much weight you're squatting, you're going with real light weight and focusing on range of motion and and priming your body before you lift properly, in a relatively short period of time, you know, within a month, you'll be able to squat uh, and feel good while you're squatting. Mm -hmm. And once you can get into the squat and you've got good mobility in it, good control in it, 
good recruitment patterns in it, you will reap the benefits of one of the most effective exercises known to man. Right. So that's why you want to do yeah, this. Let's not I, let's not just breeze over and ignore the backloaded squat. Like let, like this is something that like anybody who like looks at the I hear this about the deadlift too, right? And I hear this about like bench pressing or overhead pressing or well, I should just probably avoid it. Should you really are you really going to want to go he, from here on out? not having that ability anymore because you haven't addressed it on a deeper level and regressed your programming uh, to to get ahead of this before it becomes an injury. Think of it this way. If I have a, uh, a huge, you know, huge splinter in my foot and it just kills me when I walk, the answer is not to stop walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, doctor, my foot exactly. hurts. Well, you know, oh, just stop walking. That's not the answer. Got to address the issue. This The reason why I picked this question was because this is probably – one of the hardest things as a trainer to do right here. I wanted to challenge us. And, and of course, the boys are going to go this direction. But I, I want to address how common it is that people don't listen to this advice and how important it is that you listen to this advice. Every, and this is what's wrong with the fucking industry because everything is centered around 30 days, 60 day, fast, quick fix. Get me to my goal. How quick, how, how quick can you give me? If I get your program, will I look like this by this time? If I take this supplement, will I look like this by this time? Can I do this instead of that? Cause I don't like this. And it's like, like Justin said, your body is telling you something right now. And I have no idea how old this person is, but I'll tell you right now, um, being somebody who uh, used to do this, and this is why I speak so passionately about it, not because I'm like pointing a finger right now, because let me tell you, I avoided squats for many years because my low back would be on fire after like one set. And it, and it frustrated me as a trainer because I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't figure, I just figured I was not built to squat very well and I'm not good at it and it just drove me crazy and I just ignored it because I could totally do a zercher squat, I could do a lunge, I could do a leg press, a leg extension, and none of those bother, bother, bothered my back. So that is so important that you you address this now because this will, not maybe or probably, it's going to be a major issue for you down the road. Right now, it's already an issue and it's already talking to you and telling you what you, you need to fix this. Mm -hmm. And this is also why we created Maps Prime Prime was and we did we were most excited about this program because this is what a majority of people need to be going through, especially if they're noticing things like this. If you're noticing that and I can tell you right now, not even seeing who this person is, how old they are by what they're explaining and that I know that a zercher doesn't bother them, but a back loaded squat probably does. You probably have an excessive arch in your low back when you squat down. And, and that's probably caused because of your hips, right? So you probably have an anterior pelvic tilt just they're like... they're probably contracting the shit out of their hip flexors on the yep, way down. Yep. Yep. Very hip flexor dominant. So you're not firing properly right now and just ignoring it and doing other things that don't bother it is going to make that worse in the long run. So getting something like Prime... And, and it's, you know what? If you can't afford to get Prime right now, then at least start over on the YouTube channel. We just did a back series. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I talked Good about... Yeah. I just talked about having... Uh, an excessive arch in my low back. I think it was a five or a six part video series that we did. There's and the hip flexor deactivator. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, that Sal mentions. Uh, you know there. what? You know what? Too. So if uh, I hope if you're on our forum, all you got to do is videotape the, the yourself squatting front, side, and back, 
and tag us, and then we'll we'll address. Because you know, it's hard a- it's hard for us to. I mean, we're making assumptions on our experience, uh, what we see on a majority of people with yeah, what you're from describing. Common issues. Yeah. yeah, but to be honest with you, the only way we'd really know what your issue. Oh, is, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. We would this, need to see, but I feel pretty confident. Yeah, we'd need to see. <laughs> we need to see if we could see you squat. Uh, yeah. We would be able to address, let you know, kind of. Well, you I'm glad direction. you brought up the forum too, because uh, I mean, it's after this month, the forum price is going up. We talk a lot about how. Out of everything that we've created, everything we've done with Mind Pump, it's by far the uh, most awesome thing and we think that we've created as far as the community that's inside of there. Um, It's by far, out of anybody that's purchased anything from us, it's the most valuable thing that we have this month. If you enroll in the RGB bundle or the Super Bundle, you get it for free. Uh, and then you, this is the type of stuff you use it for is you get on that forum, you take a video of yourself squatting. Yeah, what's and, wrong with my squat? And you Why say, my, my low back hurts. Yeah. This is going on. This and, that. and bef- probably before even one of us three can get on there and answer it, you'll have mm-hmm. uh, a chiropractor, a physical therapist, and a doctor probably answer you. And if not, we'll get on there and we'll get on there and answer it and help you with it. So that's how powerful that community is. Take advantage of that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lindsay One Love, have you dealt with clients that are doing good at setting new habits and then self-sabotage, crashing their diet and fitness program. So uh, the self-sabotage phenomena is the, it's part of the whole, I'm on the wagon, I'm off the wagon uh, situation. Mm-hmm. It's part of you, this you is addressing a, just a goal and not addressing the mental side yeah, of Yeah, this. this is a, it's, it's called a symptom eruption. So what a symptom eruption is, is if you have someone say, uh, Let's say someone has a, a nervous tick where they are, you know, have to, they have to constantly, you know, scratch their ear, and you and it's just it's something psychologically they always have to scratch their ear. If you force them to or tell them don't scratch your ear, don't do that anymore, uh, they will it'll build up, build up, build up, and then what we'll find, what we'll see is that there'll be what's called a symptom eruption where they then go and do it much more than they did before. The same thing happens with. When you have clients who you're working with nutrition and exercise, if somebody comes to you and their diet is bad and then you say, okay, here's what you're going to eat, here's what you're not going to eat, and they get real strict on it, it was a very, it was a drastic change. They went from bad to all of a sudden super strict. And when they finally do crack, they get what's called a symptom eruption where they go and they binge or they go crazy or, you know, they know they can never have you know, sugar. So then when they go have the sugar, they're like, fuck it, I already had it. Here we go. I'm going to go nuts with it. And and it becomes mindless. And then the next day they feel very bad about what they did. They, they judge themselves and it becomes this on off uh, situation on the wagon, off the wagon type situation. So first step, if you have a client who self-sabotages, number one, don't let them add a layer of shit to it by being uh, angry with themselves and hating themselves for it because they're just adding a whole layer of difficulty to it. Yeah, help them help them be aware. So let them, you know, be empathetic with them. Uh, talk with them about it and say, look, this happened. Uh, let's talk about why. Let's talk about what led to this happening. How did you feel while it was happening, while you were, you know, eating these foods or, you know, while you lost contact with me and didn't come into the gym? What was going on? What were you, you know, how were you feeling? What was happening in your life or what was going on during that situation? Mm. It, it can be a difficult uh, conversation, but the person will start to examine what exactly is going on because now you can identify, you can start to identify what caused it, right. what the mindset the trigger, was during it. Yeah. And then the next time they're more aware of, of it happening when it, when it potentially happens again. Well, this is why I connected so well with Dr. Andrew Hill when we had him here. 
because when I was listening to him talk about this new way of handling addiction and these clinics that he has created and all the all the progress that he was making, it was like this aha moment for me because I was like, oh my God, this is how I talk to my clients. It's so funny. And we talk about battling addiction with drugs and stuff. And that's what he, Dr. Andrew Hill came on here and his, his method is so uniquely different than any other clinic out there. Normally you are addicted to something and they lock you in a room, they cut it off and they say you can't have it anymore and they pull it out of your system and you're like in confinement for 30 days and they send you off and it's like a 50-50. Are you going to go back or not, right? And, you know, they are having so much more success with actually allowing people to go back to the drug or back to the alcohol or back to the cigarettes or whatever, but then having them say, have some accountability on let's talk about what led you there. You know, let's talk about your day leading up to that. Let's talk about what you were thinking about yourself, what you're thinking about the, the people that you're surrounded by, um, why you why you did, instead of just having one little thing, you had 15 things. Let's talk about all these things. And like Sal said, then you start to get to the real root cause why these people are doing these things and that right there and this and I, I think sometimes when we talk I feel like some people especially if you don't if you're not familiar with the trainer world or what it's like to even train a client people probably think we're hokey and kind of hippie like because well, we talk about feelings and emotional connection it's just, and you a, have to man if, a, if you if you don't focus on it you're not gonna be an effective trainer fuck yeah you that's like most of your work as a trainer well let's be okay let's put it this way if you if you if you're not you can just play the odds and you can, let's say you're the best at programming, the best at nutrition. You're just a fucking rad trainer, right? As far as uh, what you can tell people to do, but you have no idea like the, the mental side of the business. And so you provide just great programs, great nutrition, great help. You're still, it's, and you got, you still live by those numbers that 20% of the people actually stick through and go through with the whole process mm-hmm. and follow it through. And so it's like a roll of the dice on if that those people are saying, that guy could still be some successful trainers. But I'll tell you right now, you start tapping into their their feelings and what drives them and what motivates them, the psychological side of health and fitness, and you open yourself up to the eighty yeah. percent that is mostly I'll, failing. I'll go ahead and say that that's the reason why like these artificial intelligence like app programs like fitness program this and that that you can get on the the itunes store or whatever will fail they will fail because they don't have that accounted for the the psychological you know who they'll work for and that's the biggest that's probably like what what would you guys would say probably at least 90 percent? no it's 80 it's 80 to 90 percent you know where those apps will succeed and and they might succeed because just the 10 10 percent they're already doing it yeah so that's that's who that who appeals cares? to. It does not appeal to the person who, you know, doubts himself and beats himself up and is high stress levels. It's, and it's again, it's a symptom eruption. You see this all the time with the strictest, most dedicated dieters in the world, physique and bodybuilder and bikini competitors. What do they all do after their competitions? They go nuts with food, nuts, and it's not because. You know, it's it's not because the food tastes so good. It's not because it's, oh, I want that cake or I want that pizza. Because if you look and see what they eat, they don't just have some pizza. They go crazy. They'll eat a whole pizza, a whole box of donuts, a bunch of Pop-Tarts, a bunch of candy. It's a symptom eruption. It's true for all human behavior. You go to the, the most... Uh, you go to the most strict societies when it comes to sex. Go to the the strictest, most frigid societies with sex, and you'll see the most, the 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 the, the highest percentage of perversions when it comes to sex. Do you know the, the irony? And kinks and weirdness. Check out the irony in this. My entire 
fitness career, even before fitness. Never in my life have I ate like this before. Never have I like outside looking in or reflecting back, you know, post competition, there has been at least two times where I can remember laying in bed with Katrina afterwards and eating food that was, I had balancing on my belly while I watched TV. Like, cause, because I was <laughs> like a pile of food. Cause I already food. had food sitting. I already had it actually sitting at a table already with her, but I was just going to keep eating and I wanted to like this because I was so deprived for so long. It's a psychological it is. Re- response. You know, and I've never done that before. And I'm sure we've all seen that on TV before. Or maybe some people can relate and say they actually have done that where you like put a pizza box on your fucking stomach and you're watching TV <laughs> and just fucking eating. I mean, you're so lazy. You don't even want to uh, sit up at a table and eat it. You're going to eat it while you stuff your face while you're fucking watching TV in bed. And, you know, I, I was coming off the fittest I've ever been in my life and yet doing things like that. And these were some of the connections that I made on, holy shit, this fucking side of the fitness industry is even more fucked up. Like, you know, I had no idea. It led you to that point. And and I also, I pride myself on being somebody who's very self-aware and pays attention to these things and, and doesn't allow myself to fall into these traps. And instead of that, the community is actually uh, uh, praising it. Well, they yeah, celebrate. Yeah. It's funny. It's, they celebrate. Well, now they sell like protein cake. I saw that the other day at one of those fitness expos, and like, yeah, since we gave you cookies, we're gonna give you cake too. Dude, I, like now you can eat. It. It's you'll, like, you'll see on Instagram. You'll have competitors. You. You'll have competitors. Will post a picture of the food. This is like four weeks before competition. Yes. They'll post the pictures of the boxes of shit food or whatever that they can't wait to eat. After they're done, they'll buy them already. Did yeah. you? Oh, I, like look at all these boxes of Oreos, cake, and whatever. Uh, I, I can't wait to eat this after my competition. I got it waiting for yeah. me. Tell me that's not a complex, that, please. Dude, that is not a good relationship to food, man. No. Please, is- please tell me you guys have seen this. Let me see. Tell oh. me you have seen the the commercials for this. No, what is that? Look at it. This blew my mind when I saw that a, a company is actually going to make money doing this right here. It's a fucking clear tube. It's a clear tube with a code, a locking code that you you lock. They, and they, they show you to like lock like candy and, and treats that you're not supposed to have. What in the yeah. fuck? Like that's going to prevent people from having it. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Dude. You see it, Sal? You... Yeah, I'm looking at it now. So what is it? It's a, it's like a... It's like a lockbox. Yeah, lost it. It's like a, a food lockbox. <laughs> Are you watching the commercial on it right yeah, now? It's called K-Safe. Yes. What, oh, my God. Dude. So 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 explain it, Adam. Well, you're looking at it right now. Well, you, I mean, it's a long commercial, so I can't really. Are you watching what they're putting in it and everything like uh, that? No, how they're yet. advertising. Yeah, watch yep. how they're advertising. Watch it. That's what we, we'll tell. We'll tell Doug to to, yeah, to chop the the 15 seconds that it takes you to watch it out of this. It's fine. Oh, I, so it's, I, I wanted you guys to talk so about it's this anyway. So it's like a safe of a safe that you put your food in. And what do you do? You lock. Yeah, you just put the cookies in here and, and you, the you can cupcakes. Set, I think I believe you can set it. So like, okay, M and M's, right? I yeah. I I, I want to be able to. I can only open it at six six p.m. to eight p.m. Oh my you God. know, and so you set these locking mechanisms on it. To and where, they're not gonna like just consume the whole thing. That's I in mean, there. it's just and then and then on top of that, it's this clear thing where it's sitting on. I mean, talk about just fucking building this whole thing around, yeah. you know, this this food and just idolizing. You know what it, you're doing? You're your only insecurity. You're you're strengthening. The, oh, you the, are the poor relationship. Oh my god! I, so I'm very fascinated yeah. to see if this company actually continues. It's. A, I tell you what, if you have a client that does this, the self sabotage, it's a it's a great opportunity to work through this. I tell you, mm. I you know I hate to say this because it sounds kind of wrong 
But when I have clients that do this, I revel in it. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's an opportunity to work through what just happened. And how we work through this is going to determine how this person is going to succeed, you know, in the near future. And what you don't do is you don't hammer them for it. You don't let them hammer themselves for it. You talk about what happened, what happened before, what happened during, how did you feel afterwards? Like, like you got to. Here's the thing, people, and you realize you when you talk about things and you you actually process them differently. So although they may be in their mind, they know kind of they felt shitty afterwards. Actually, talking about it uh, makes it a little different. You know, like how did you feel after you ate all that pizza? Like, oh man, I. I felt, I don't know, I felt kind of groggy. And like, how did you feel the next day? Well, I woke up and my stomach hurt. And, you know, how was your stool? Oh, I was really gassy. And and just really start making those connections. And, you know, what led you to eat that? Well, I was at the party and there was a, you know, the food there. And I knew I wasn't supposed to eat any. And then I'd be like, okay, stop right there. What do you mean you're not supposed to have any? Oh, well, I have these goals. And say, well, I understand that. But what do you mean by not supposed to? What happens if you do if you do have a little bit of it? Well, I'm not supposed to have any of it, but if I have a little bit, then I guess I'm off. I say, okay, well, why didn't you just have a little bit? Well, uh, like I don't know. That's a good question. We'll talk about that. Well, maybe because you thought you couldn't at all. So the second you broke that rule, now it was- It was like, no, fuck it, right? Yeah. No holds barred yeah, yeah. because it's, no, it's all or nothing. And that's when people do the whole self-sabotage thing. When they don't do the self-sabotage, because still, people still screw up. They still make mistakes here and there. You'll find that they'll bounce back much faster and they don't go nuts- with uh, you know, with their with their quote unquote self sabotage. I agree. Yeah. If you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. If you like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump T shirt. Also, stop this podcast. Go to YouTube. Check us out. Mind Pump TV. A brand new video every single day, three hundred sixty five days a year. You will get a video that teaches you how to exercise better, new exercise technique techniques, nutrition, motivation, comedy. I don't know. Something. Sex life, everything. 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 New video every single day. Also, find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. Yeah. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Justin at Mind Pump Justin, and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic. MAPS Performance and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.